0: Welcome to Bit About Crypto. I'm David James, the job whisperer, and we're back to talk about crypto and a bit about it. And once again, David Hampton,
1: Robo Recruiter, how are you? I'm doing very well. Just gearing up for the school year with the kids. They got school starting next week. Ryan is super excited. She'll be in TK. and uh, TK or pre-K? No, TK. They call it TK? Yeah, TK. Okay. okay. You got preschool, TK,
0: Kindergarten. What's the T stand for? Transitional. Oh. Transitional. Okay. Kindergarten. <clears throat> Transitional. And uh, so your your kids live in San Diego County, they go to school in San Diego County, do they have to wear masks? Masks are optional at their school. Okay. Oh, that's because you, you go to a private, private school. Private
1: school. Right. Private school. Right. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. We are blessed.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. here in Las Vegas, uh, they brought the mask back, right? That, they can't afford to shut down the... Uh, the town again
1: just the, no they can't and that's i mean i was talking to my buddy garrett about he's a principal at high school in dallas there mm-hmm. they're, it's like a complete s show down there about we have masks no masks you know and parents yeah. complaining about you know safety it's, you know the whole thing is tough it's the, yeah. the
0: whole thing is tough and you know i i you know i, I take especially on the show we take no no stance on what's good and what's wrong i just i can see it from both sides I
1: yeah mean, well here, here's the irony i mean i i know i mean this is I think this is related to our show, but I think the uh, libertarian in me says, Look, you can give choice for, for abortion, right? Pro choice for abortion. Mm-hmm. You can say, hey, hey, you can do whatever you want with your body, but yet we can't decide whether we, we can uh, wear a mask or not. Sounds like you're pretty convicted. Preach. Uh, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I think it's just pretty obvious Roe versus Wade, your body, woman, right? Do, with, what, do which one, what you want, right? But your face, no, you got to cover it up with a mask because I'm afraid of getting your, you know, it's like, what? No, what happened to the pro-choice? Pro you
0: can't have it both ways. No, well that—that's the thing about it is—is is the mask to protect me from you, or to protect you from me, right? And Either way, it's a choice. It's a—it's a total choice. Okay, so yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I understand what you're saying, and clearly, you're not on—you're not as unbiased as I am because you're clearly biased. It's not about being biased. It comes down to, I
1: mean, to me, look, look. If you can say, "Hey, pro-choice about the woman's body for abortion," then you can say pro-choice about choosing to wear a right. mask.
0: Okay, yeah, that's my point. So,
1: and I'm not, I'm, maybe, maybe I'm calling out the uh, okay, d- so, Democrats, the leftists, the liberals. How? What do you want to? Where the label no. is? No, no, we're not Ma- calling out maybe anybody. Maybe I'm calling out. them out, not not by, not not by choice, not intentionally, right? Because that's the stance that's yes, typically taken. Yes, you are
0: more biased on this issue than I am. So my personal thing is, is I always believed metaphysically that I wasn't going to catch COVID, right? I believe that I, because I don't participate in the illness in my mind. However, I got vaccinated because I thought it was the responsible thing to do. I just did. I just did. Well, so, I agree. I But I, I, I got
1: vaccinated for a different
0: reason. Oh,
1: uh, Right. I got vaccinated because I see a a delineation or a line being drawn between those who do vaccinate. Do you get vaccinated and those who
0: do not yeah no no i i saw that and too so that I, was part and of my so decision
1: with the history of our country and segregation and discrimination and all that stuff which we don't have a good track record of i don't want to be discriminated
0: against so do you uh so do you feel like the vaccinate the vaccine can harm you do you have do you have belief that it's gonna like make you make mutant children or die early or get cancer do well, you do I, you, do, I, do you believe that
1: uh, so here's the thing. My concern about the vaccine is that it it's not it, it was the fastest to be FDA approved or whatever. You know,
0: there, there's a lot of there's a lot of doctors. A lot of okay. This is not that show. Do you believe when you were taking the vaccine was your consideration it might harm me?
1: Any vaccine can harm you. Right. So yes. Okay. I mean that's, okay. that's that's a pretty. I mean, but you, you
0: gotta you gotta cost benefit analysis. What are the costs? What are the benefits? Right. My attitude was. I wasn't afraid. I just, I just, I just didn't think it could. I just, you I just gotta. It. Right. What's so, the risk? What, I mean, the probability. Every everything to me, to me in life, it's probability. I didn't know we were going to start here. Maybe we should tell our guests to come back next week. and We just talk about the vaccine. I mean, it's. Mm. It's. I think it's part of the reason
1: why we're talking about crypto, man. Because it's about the libertarian movement in terms of choice, in terms of where we. You know how we spend our all. Our, all uh, I say when
0: I see the people that don't want to get vaccine, I understand where they're coming from.
1: My I, wife was one of those. Yeah, my, my
0: wife didn't. She she did it
1: because it hit home. My sister in law got it. <clears throat> she was she didn't have the vaccine and uh, and so but she got sick. She she got she got COVID and she went to the okay, hospital. Okay, well
0: for the record, I got vaccinated because I just thought it was the responsible thing to do. I just did. I just did because maybe even though it was pointed out to me, even though maybe I won't catch it, I could carry it. And and you know what? I didn't care if I caught it. I really didn't. And maybe I'd regret that if I did. But I would, I would, I would hate myself and never forgive if I gave it to somebody else.
1: I understand that point. My wife did it because she saw the effects of it. What is it? Her sister, yeah. One? And she didn't want to go. She's like, I can't be in the hospital for a week.
0: Yeah, I can't. So, so we're, in, we're, I mean, we are in a tough spot with our world as it relates to money. So let's get off this downer. And let's talk about something else. You remember when you first met me, you looked me up from Afghanistan? Yes. And on my LinkedIn profile, what did it say I was into? Bitcoin. What else did it say my favorite things were? Do you remember any of that?
1: Uh,
0: Places I like to go, things I like to do.
1: No, it's been it's been yeah, probably it's been, it's, been a it's been eight years since I looked at your profile. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, in, in that detail, I remember. But I, I it, remember so. you mentioning Moneyball, and that that stuck out to me. Right. So
0: the Moneyball way of recruiting, right. I still look at that. Right. And um, and by the way, <laughs> we are we are blockchain recruiters. Uh, that's who we are. And I'm David James, the uh, formerly agnostic, but now I guess politically involved. Uh, Vaxxer, anti-vaxxer commentator uh, everything's
1: got a political spin anyhow
0: I'm you can find me at the BTC recruiter if you want a job in crypto or you need people uh, who actually have uh, crypto experience for your project you need to call me it's funny uh Zach, I want to give a shout-out to Zach, Zach Darris, our uh, Vice President of Business Development, and he's a fine British young man. He just sent me an email that somebody uh, had some questions. They wanted to know... how many people we actually have in our database? I kind of laughed. <laughs> right? right, Tens of thousands. Yeah, right? Not close to hundreds yeah. of thousands, right? And it's funny they asked that question. Well, we've got as many people uh, that you probably have in your database, just we, we know how to aggregate them better than you. Correct. Right, yeah. So we're, uh, we're blockchain recruiters. The whole purpose of this, uh, the genesis of this podcast is to teach people more about crypto. And specifically the way I wanted to do it was I learned there was a lot of people who didn't know about cryptocurrency or Bitcoin or blockchain or non-fungible tokens, NFTs. They didn't know. And two things were happening. They looked foolish by not knowing. Nobody wants to look foolish by not knowing something. And there was a lot of bad information. There's a lot of bad information out there about all blockchain and cryptocurrency. So I decided that I was going to do two things when I uh, embarked on this podcast. We were going to bring people on who could talk about their walk in life as it relates to cryptocurrency, and also uh, through the ingratiation and the and the learning and, and speaking at a level of, of people who know very little about cryptocurrency, they would actually find that um, they could relate to the guests. You know, if you, if you listen and you tune in long enough, you'll hear it. And um, so we've had all kinds of of different kinds of guests. So what it said on my profile in the beginning, I remember this, is that um, it said I NFL uh, fan, Mm -hmm, (laughs) Cowboys, golf advocate, right? Uh, The Reese's peanut butter cups. Oh yeah. Yeah right. Okay. It yeah, said, you always had those uh, as part of our uh, right. treats. Right, yeah. right, right. <clears throat> and uh, it said, Bitcoin, Bitcoin, Bitcoin. But there, there was something else that says, and the loving people of Jamaica. Do you remember? Oh, uh, okay. Do you remember it saying that? Yeah. Yeah, the loving people of Jamaica. Mm-hmm. That's I, I kind of, uh, when I was, uh, you know, in a past life, I, I used to play cards. And there was a lot of stress in that life, a lot of stress. <clears throat> and I lived in Redondo Beach. And I one day just said, I'm just going to go to a tropical island because I'd never been to the Caribbean. Well, I had as a soldier, but that's... Not, it doesn't really count. Yeah, it doesn't count. You're not it's exactly like saying, yeah. sipping my ties. <laughs> like right? saying you're going to the yeah. Middle East. Yeah, that, that's a whole different visit. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyhow, I just said, nah, I'm just... Uh, they had this commercial, I remember, come back to Jamaica. right? And what people don't know about Jamaica... Is, is that Richard Nixon wanted uh, the, I think it was Sanger, the, the president of Jamaica at the time, or the prime minister, our guests will probably squ- square us up on that. They wanted uh, him to give us exclusive bauxite rights to uh, the bauxite the aluminum, which is one of their exports. And Sanger didn't want to do it because the deal was bad. So what Nixon was doing was having the CIA assassinate American tourists in Jamaica. <laughs> and blaming it on Jamaica and <laughs> making it, so ma- making I'm it, not surprised making yet. it seem, yeah. So this is so sick on so many it's, levels. The uh, fact that the of president, course, of course, Nixon, yeah. would kill yeah, Americans. I mean, yeah, what's yeah. a few Americans yeah, when you're the president, it's right? Like,
1: I'm not surprised,
0: right? I mean, and so, so what happened was is that it really hurt Jamaica's economy, and they actually, they literally, um, they were had all these commercials. I remember seeing them in like 1984, 1985. Uh, come back to Jamaica And you'd see all these people doing whatever And they look at the camera and they go Come back man, come back to Jamaica mm-hmm. And I was just driving one day And there was a sign, a billboard The TV commercials went out there Come back to Jamaica And I said, that's it, I'm going to Jamaica And I went home, I called my travel agent I said, I'd like to go to Jamaica She said, when? Today Right? <laughs> it's like, well where would you like to go? Where do you suggest I go? Well she says, well not Kingston yeah. I said, you know Montenegro, and, Montenegro right? Uh, no, Montenegro is not in Jamaica. You're probably thinking of the right? No, in the grill. Or, or Mo, Montego Bay. Montego, Montego. Yeah. Mo Bay.
1: Montego. That's ah, so what they say at Mo yeah. Bay,
0: right? Or Ocho Rios or Oche. And it just started this pilgrimage of me going to Jamaica. And man, the people of Jamaica will just creep into your heart. They just, they, it's very, very difficult, for me at least, just not to absolutely love. Jamaica and I used to go there all the time, but then Jamaica Air stopped flying uh, directly from LAX to uh, Montego Bay. Now it's a little too hard to get there. Yeah, and some some other things happened. You just other things started happening. Went there in 08, I think, is last time I right. (laughs) So anyhow, seven. So I I so speeding the the tape up a little bit further. uh, I went to uh, I was online a few months ago, and there was a DeFi conference. And what happened was everybody was booking my time. They either wanted a job or they wanted somebody who wanted a job. And a um, young man, young enterprising man, he popped up on the screen. And uh, he started talking. And I, re- I recognized his Jamaican accent. And I, uh, I started talking to him. And he started talking about, you know, what he's doing in crypto, et cetera, et cetera. And we had a wonderful conversation. And I remember saying to him, hey, uh, you want to be on the podcast and he said what podcast <laughs> i said i said my podcast and so anyhow that's that's what happened so with no further ado i would like to welcome to bit about crypto podcast alistair davis alistair what a everything chris did, everything Arby. me there too me there me, there, me there. yeah yeah uh, you <laughs> staying keep it strong He stays strong respect you yeah, have one every time. Maximum, every time. maximum. <laughs> Anyhow, yeah, the thing about it is, so, so uh, Alistair and I, we, we're ch- you're chatting a little patois. That's that's the, the, it's not the language, it's a dialect, right? And what I've decided is, is that if you want to, like, just come and go and live your life in Jamaica, it, it, patois is a series of greetings and goodbyes, right? And so that's uh no respect to you no respect to you no respect to you, no respect, to you no respect to you and it's said in so many different ways anyhow no further ado how are you doing today
2: yeah i'm doing great um actually i'm in new york right now i'm, I'm by wall street the weather is awesome so you know yeah man just having a good time
0: yeah everything's blessed huh
2: yeah everything's blessed man i mean in, in spite of the, the pandemic. You know, um, it's good to see that people are out once again. Like, I'm surprised. Like, so much people out. Like, we're almost back to pre pandemic levels. Wow.
0: So that's yeah. I, so, what? I mean, I don't know what the political climate is. Just because I'm trying not to watch news as much as I cannot watch it. What is the attitude? The political attitude of masks uh, versus the new uh, this new strain that we've got? What's what in in New York?
2: Yeah, in New York, um, yeah, I think people are cooperative because at one point we were at the epicenter for the center um, for the virus. So, you know, we're willing to do what it takes to fight against the virus.
0: Right. So I want to just cut back to it. So, you know, you were raised in Jamaica. Your father was a successful businessman, right? And you uh, literally, you went to a, an all-boys school, right? What was the name of the school? Can you tell me? Yeah,
2: sure. Um it's called One Month Boys High School.
0: Well, yeah, well in what's what what uh territory in Jamaica was that? Was that near Kingston? Yeah, that's actually in Kingston. It's um it's by Hero Circle. Okay. By Hero Circle. So anyhow, I want you to say in Latin, Latin what your alma mater was.
2: Oh, it's I gave quite a geese.
0: So that's from for say it again for my partner.
2: <laughs> I gave quite a geese.
0: You want me to translate? Is that, is that what that you're like, telling? Do you know what it means? <laughs> uh, no. I think I think it means... And, Something and, water? is, is there, always what? do your best?
2: Something like that. It means whatever you do, do it well. Do it well? Right,
0: yeah. So anyhow, uh, that's, that's great. And so um, you speak English, of course. Jamaica, colonized by Britain, right? So you speak English. And of course, you've been your John Chateau Patois. Hear me now, right? So you, <laughs> And uh, so did you learn Latin at that school?
2: Well, yeah, that's a good question. Actually, um, that motto is actually the same model as the Jesuit schools oh. here in the U.S.
1: Okay, so so yeah. you had so you had the opportunity to learn Latin. You you, you could learn Latin, French, or Spanish, right? That, that's... Yeah.
2: Well, yeah, I chose Spanish. So okay, I, I learned. Yeah, I learned Spanish. Um, what? But I think they got, why do not
0: you test them out, David? Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, they, I don't know a whole lot. They, they they wouldn't let me take.
1: <laughs> I, I went to a Jesuit high school in Dallas, and and uh, I tested for for Spanish, and they said, "Yeah, we your Spanish is too too good for us to. We, we can't keep up with. We don't have a level for you to come in. So you got you either have a choice between Latin or French." And I, I oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so I, I picked oh, Latin. Latin would be easy. I picked Latin because I just figured it'd be a little easier than French. You know, I, I don't really. You know, believe what France said? No. Je ne pas. I, 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 no, I no. Redonne moi. We. Uh, oui. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Voulez-vous? They all, they all, they all, like Sound like right? That's what they all sound Easy. like.
0: And to for for those of our French listeners, I apologize for my insensitive. That's, ho- no, co-host. that's what
1: they sounded. Like. I mean, I was I was in in Afghanistan. I, that you had uh, many different countries in Kabul. And I swear, they—I mean, the French—that's what they sounded like. I'm not trying to
0: make fun of. It. I'm just saying that that's what they sounded like. You know, all right, we're going to move right all, along. Of all now. the
1: romantic languages, French has the, been the hardest to pick the up. The
0: most romantic language is Patois, what they speak in Jamaica. But anyhow, <laughs> so uh, anyway, so Alister, so let's talk about uh, you know, talk about your life and then how you know living up in Jamaica and how you got to the United States.
2: Okay. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I grew up in Jamaica until I was like 21 years old. I lived in Jamaica, um, you know, as we said earlier, you know, um, you know, I, I grew up in a 2 parent household. My father, my mother, and my dad was a successful businessman, and my mom was a stay-at-home wife, you know? So, luckily, I was able to, you know, have that balance, which, you know, unfortunately, a lot of... You know, kids growing up in Jamaica, they don't have that because it's, it's mostly like the um society in Jamaica, where households are led by you know by women. Um, so yeah, so I, I attended Wilmers at the age of twelve. Well, I matriculated Wilma's at the age of twelve. And um, wait, wait, what, felt, wait, what, uh, what
0: did you say you did at the age of twelve? Say that again.
2: Yeah, matriculated i started going to woodlands at the age of 12
0: okay right matriculated to the the boys high school right right,
1: right so he, yeah, started, he started attending is what he means okay
0: yeah
2: yeah I, yeah I sta- well yeah that's like the british way of saying started attending yeah, yeah it's, it's like a, yeah that, we, that yeah <laughs> We yeah, used the british um you know, right. school system yeah so yeah I started attending at the age of 12 and you know um focus on my studies um it, it really is a uh, environment where it it pushes you to to excel to be the best that you can be because it's like you're among the brightest in the island you know um you know a lot of the the students i went there with um they went on to be like you know law lot of professors um, lawyers doctors engineers um you know economists politicians and so forth so it re- when you know at walmart it really you know pushed me to um to be the best that i could be um academically
0: um so let me ask you this question <clears throat> what, what what year did you leave jamaica and come to the united states
2: well yeah i left jamaica in 2002 december 2002 yeah i think it was like right after 9 11.
0: Um, oh wow, right, okay, so about so a year me, after so 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 basically, let's just talk for a second about the currency in Jamaica, right, so, like most of the world, they take the u s dollar but Jamaica has its own sovereign currency called the Jamaican dollar mm-hmm. right, and when I first started going to Jamaica in nineteen ninety five uh maybe earlier 93, 95, when I first started going uh the Conversion rate between the US dollar and the Jamaican dollar was you get 40 Jamaican dollars to every one US dollar. Wow. Right? And then in 2006, which was like 2006, 2000, yeah, or eight, it was about 100 Jamaican dollars to one US dollar. Wow. And so, right, move, move, the, move the, the needle up to where we are in 2021, you get 154. Jamaican dollars to one U.S. dollar. So you see a currency backed on itself. This is an important thing, right? So it costs one Jamaican dollar to get, you know, a Rasta hat, right? And then all of a sudden it costs $3, $5, because the Jamaican currency is based on nothing. It has no assets to back it up, right? And usually – and so the United States dollar is doing the exact same thing. Did you – can you talk about your experience with the inflation of the Jamaican dollar before you get up, or were you too unaware of that?
2: Yeah, um, you know, living in Jamaica, you're always made aware of the um, of the currency exchange um, rate. That's like, yeah, the exchange rate. I mean, that's like a hot topic. You know, I mean, it's kind of always in the news because it affects um, your purchasing power, like from buying like um, you know, bread and yeah. you know butter, it affects the price. So, you know, you could go to the supermarket today and the price of bread is say a dollar by next week, it's a dollar fifty. You know, that's how that's the type of impact that the currency has um on the society. So you always gotta be adjusting your budget. <laughs> you know, you always gotta like be um you know find ways to make a dollar last you know yeah um,
1: Uh, that's uh it's it's interesting because i i was i was acutely aware of of that part you know that currency exchange because of my summers in guatemala gas would be like 50 quetzales right and the exchange rate is seven or ten to one back then you know i don't know what it is right now but it i'm just like really it's that much for gas you know and it's they're not it's not like they're earning more they're just it's just no, but it's, what, it's incredible. I mean, what, what is. happens
0: is this is and you went back to Guatemala for the last time last year, a year ago, with your mom. Uh,
1: yeah, uh, I think it was two years ago. Was it two years ago?
0: Yeah. Right. So basically, and what what people don't realize and what this pandemic has has proven is is that all the currencies in the world are overprinting. They're overprinting and they're debasing, and it's only a matter of time until the entire fiat paper currency thing actually crashes. It's just an arithmetic certainty. And that's why things like Bitcoin, right, are so powerful because it's sound money. And the thing about Bitcoin, there'll only be 21 million of them. And no matter how popular, no no matter how great the demand, we can't replicate any more of them. That's that's sound money. So the only thing that can naturally happen is that the price will go up exponentially and to infinity. So, Alistair how old were you? Twenty-one when you actually came from Jamrock
2: to Yeah, yeah, I was uh, yeah, twenty-one years old, um, right age. Uh, you know, the consumer alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, are, are, you know, was, are you laughing? Are you
0: laughing because I called it Jamrock?
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm laughing because you called it Jamrock. So,
0: yeah, so uh, you can tell that I, I've been right, really been. Yeah, yeah, I could tell you, good. Yeah, you got the the, the pads so down fat as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw the thing plug in, brother. <laughs> <laughs> so,
2: who is it? Let me ask: Who is your favorite Jamaican? Who is your favorite Jamaican personality?
0: Well, it's it's funny. It's not gonna be anyone you know or think, but uh, there was. A, I I would always go. I would always hire a driver, and his name was Fabian, and he would just who? Yeah, yeah, Fabian. He was uh, okay. Yeah, he he was just my driver. He, he was just there the very, very first time I went to actually uh, to Jamaica. And he picked me up and he was an amazing singer. And he'd take us to karaoke and he would win all the karaoke contests, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And he was just an amazing guy. And he was about my age. And he was just a wonderful, sweet man. And I just learned so much about him, about uh, compassion and, and softening my heart. And he ended up uh, dying of cancer. So oh. when I think of Jamaica, I think of him most. But then there's my friend uh, Devin Simpson, right? Who I met at uh, Chukka Cove, right? And he was like one of the zipline guys. And then there was uh, there was there was Gerba. I mean, so the, my personalities, my influences aren't like by Bob Marley. Or, uh, or, or any yeah, of the politicians, think, yeah. or, you know, or what well, you got this and you got this or the two, <laughs> the labor and the, uh, the green, mm-hmm. green party. And, and that, that's yeah. that my experience is, uh, and, and that, that, uh, that correlates to my love of people as a recruiter, right? When I see the pain in your eyes that you need a better job because you, you want more from your life that speaks mm-hmm. to me. And so the working people of Jamaica who just are doing their thing, you could see they have so much to give, uh, I didn't think we were going to go there. This whole episode has been circuitous about we usually go, but anyhow, does, does that answer your question? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it was uh, golden. I, I, as a matter of fact, I took my wife, <laughs> I took my wife uh, Rita to Jamaica when the election of two thousand and eight. It was September. No, it was September of two thousand and seven right when uh i I forget the gal's name brown was her last name brown and was running against golden right and uh what ended up happening is is like you're gonna love jamaica jamaica's great and there are like soldiers everywhere and there are people in green protesting and people in orange protesting and rita's like hey man i don't I don't. What is it with all these soldiers? I mean, there were thousands of soldiers everywhere. I said, don't worry, <laughs> Jamaica is a great place. But then we got to the hotel, we're watching the news, and people are rioting. Not where we were, right? Not where we were in uh, uh, Discovery Bay, right? But pe- people, people were rioting and burning on TV. <laughs> and my wife is not feeling very good about Jamaica. But then again, my wife, she don't feel good about a lot of things that I kind of do. It's just it's just a different perception and I understand where she's coming from. So anyhow, so that's so you get to New York City, right? And so do you feel like that you as an immigrant that you struggled harder?
2: Well, actually, um when I first entered the US, I came to Atlanta
0: okay to go to
2: school yeah, uh, yeah yeah to go to school um in atlanta georgia and then from there you know after i graduated from Tennessee state then i came to new york um yeah as, as an immigrant um i mean you know there there are a lot more opportunities here than than in jamaica right you know and, and that's why we come to this country um i think that thing about America is if you're willing to like work hard is like you could achieve your, your dreams like as they call it the American dream I think it's still achievable in spite of all of the, the challenges and the obstacles I think the American dream is still achievable.
0: So I'm gonna go I'm gonna go I'm gonna I'm just gonna, I'm gonna risk this. I'm gonna say this so as as a as as black folks right Mm-hmm. And as an immigrant, do you do you feel like the deck was stacked against you like when you were applying for work did, or, or how you were just treated? I mean, I know in New York City, there's there's a lot of acceptance, but then, you know, you've got, you know, the segregation and, and discrimination everywhere. And I just I just I don't know what it's like to come to America for the way you did. And before we get to the topic of crypto, I want you to speak however you wish on that matter. Yeah,
2: definitely. Um actually um yeah, well, to be honest, like I've never had a problem getting a job that I wanted. Like every time I applied for a job that I wanted, I was able to get it. Um you know, I was able to work in sales, uh real estate um in New York, um you know, I was a licensed real estate agent here in New York. Um I did a, a brief stint in banking. You know, so I think it, it all comes down to, like, how you present yourself, you know. Attitude. Um, you yeah. Know, and attitude. Yeah, attitude. Right. right. And aptitude. Exactly. How you, uh-huh. Aptitude, interpersonal skills. Um, Yeah, I think that that's all a factor, Um, you know, that plays into you, like, moving up the social ladder.
0: Do you know that Southwest Airlines, they hire for attitude and train to aptitude? Did you know that? Your attitude, nah, your, attitude mm-hmm. your good attitude will get you hired at Southwest. And, and oh, cool. if you notice, the, the people at Southwest, I mean, I'm sure working at the airport's got to grind on everybody. It just has to, right? Because you deal with a lot yeah. of, you know, because people are angry because they're in fear. They're in fear it's going to cost them more money. They're not going to get to where they need to be, you know, feed their cat, pick up their kids, whatever. Right. But overall, Southwest, uh, the employees, they're really, they're they're really, they got the best attitudes. I I just, it's something that I've noticed and I'm not saying anything about that. So what type of jobs did you find? No, not something I want to ask. So you're working in sales, you're working in real estate, right? When did you, when did you come to find or did you come to find that, um, the fiat system is failing? Are you, how did, did you come to that awareness first? Yeah,
2: well, it was during the, um, I think the great recession.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It was, I think that was what, 2008.
0: Yeah. And it continued yeah, to 2011. Happened. If you were a recruiter trying to get paid to get people a jobs, it continued for three long years.
2: Right. So <laughs> that was a wake up call for me because, um, you know, I studied, um, you know, economics and finance. So, i was like i believed in this system you know american capitalism i remember when i was in college i told one of my economics professors like oh this is a model for capitalism and democracy (laughs) you know um yes i definitely believe but when the great recession hit i I started to reevaluate i was like so wait what's really going on you know and then i think it was during that time the occupy wall street movement started as well so that's when I started to really dig deep and, and, and find out like, you know what, you know, look at all the, the moving parts, you know, within the economy and see what the weaknesses were. so once I identify the weaknesses, then, you know, that's what led me to, to look for more opportunities.
0: Got it. So here's the question I ask everybody, but before I ask you, Uh, We're gonna talk about jobs. So how about a word from our sponsor? And who is our sponsor, David Hampton? Uh, Blockchain recruiters. That's us, right? So we uh, Oh, I forgot to say this. Uh, I thanks for all the compliments. But uh, anybody in the uh, The chat section who's sending you messages saying hey contact me on telegram. I'm Dave Hampton or I'm David James. They're liars They're frauds. We're at no time ever gonna ask anybody to send us Bitcoin or money uh, for, for selection. So basically the, the jobs I have is I'm looking for a community manager of a, of, of a huge NFT project And I'm also looking for a VP of uh, product development for a blockchain society as they say I, 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 I question that. What do you got Dave? What are you looking for? Uh, I have several uh, I think
1: this is prevalent, but I, I have several blockchain developer roles right now going on So <laughs> Uh, in various locations, uh, New York, Oregon, uh, remote, so.
0: All right, sounds good. So that's a word from our stru- sponsor. Now back to our regularly scheduled program, Alistair Davis, the question pending. How did crypto find you?
2: <laughs> okay, um, yeah, well, I was in Atlanta. Uh, I was actually visiting Atlanta. I was living in New York at the time. And then I went to a gas station, I saw Bitcoin ATM. So once I saw it, like, you know, a, a, a um, light bulb went up. I'm like, wait, I've never heard of this before. You know, and then I looked at the price. I think at the time the price was um, like around 1500 So I started doing research, um, you know, even while I worked. I would be on my phone, you know, doing break, you know, doing research, learning as much as possible about the market. And I think um, that was like 2017, which was like the year the ICO boom. So I got involved in some ICOs. um, Yeah, hold on a
0: second. I'll just tell you that uh, because I remember this. So this probably would have been closer to March of 2017. It was March. Right. All right. Because when people tell me the price, right. I'll know exactly when it was. I just do. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, so, okay. yeah. Because I've been looking at the price of Bitcoin every day since May of 2013. Every day. Not a day goes by. And more now more than once a day. But, anyhow, go on.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, I got involved in some ICOs. um, I think, um, you know, hold,
0: like, hold on a second, just so for our listeners. Uh, so, an ICO is an initial coin offering, and that's when new blockchain entities are going to say, Hey, we're going to do this coin. And if you want to get on the ground floor, you can actually attain, achieve, participate, purchase these coins, right? In an initial coin off- offering. That's an ICO, correct, Alistair? Am I correct? Yes, that's correct. All right. Yeah, that's
2: correct, David. Uh,
0: all right, so go on. Guan Fiat. Right. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. So um yeah, that I got in the, in the in the boom um of the market. Like everybody was making money. Like you could have just like blindly invested in, in my um in any project um and made money. Um, you know, I try to do my due diligence as much as possible in my research. Um like I invested in this project called Civic, which was which is led by um Vinny Lingham and they're like uh, um ID pace uh, blockchain project. Um so yeah but there were there were a lot of scams as well.
0: Yeah know, indeed. So. Indeed. Right. So did you lose a lot of money in any of the scams?
2: Well I actually um yeah to be honest like I did lose money but I made more money than I lost. Um, once I lost money, then what I did was like revisited my strategy, and um, and then from there, learned from our mistakes, and I was able to become better.
0: Yeah, that's what it takes. I've always said, if you if you're looking for the best bomb maker, look for the guy who's missing a few fingers. Right, because I'm just, i just just—I've always—I've always said that. That's the guy you look for. That's if you want to know how to make a bomb, you talk to that guy because he knows how not to make one. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. So anyhow, yeah. so um, there was a period of time where you went full in onto crypto. When was that?
2: Yeah. Well, this was actually um, before the pandemic. Um, I believe it was like early 2019.
0: Okay. That's when
2: I decided to go all out with cryptos. Um, I remember I met, I went to a conference. Well, actually, it was a meetup in Manhattan uh, with the Phantom team. I don't know if you're familiar with Phantom.
0: Well, I, even if I am, I know our audience is not. So can you break it down for them what the Phantom, phantom team is?
2: Yeah, sure. Well, Phantom, um, they're like a De- DeFi project. Um and DeFi
0: know, is decentralized finance so go on sorry Alistair I just want to make sure that my 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 audience doesn't tune out go on
2: Yeah sure sure no problem David um yeah so it is yeah decentralized finance and they offer um different type of products like um they put um mining um AMM like automated market maker and swapping um staking and so on and so forth so so yeah, so they, what he's they, saying
0: is swapping. You can swap your coin A for coin, coin B, right? If you think A is right. going to go down and B is going to go faster. You can stake your coins because there are certain protocols where you can actually stake a coin. That's like, think of locking it up in a CD in a bank, right? And then you'll get a certain interest. And you'll get a lot better interest than the garbage that the banks in FENOT are paying today. But anyhow, go on, Alistair.
2: Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so... The team did a presentation. I think um, Andre Cranier, he's um, he's the lead developer. So he was there. I actually met him in person. Um, and I think he's the lead developer for Yearn Finance as well. You know, so it was at that conference, um, at that meetup, I decided like, you know, I'm good at this because I was meeting people from Wall Street and it was always my dream to work on Wall Street. So I'm like, oh, these people are coming to me. For advice, I, I gotta be on
0: the right path. Let me just stop you, you for know, a second. You live in you live in Staten yeah. Island, New York now, right? Right. Do you take the ferry, the Staten Island ferry, every day into Wall Street? I mean, when well, not pandemic, but
2: yeah, yeah, de- yeah, definitely. calm. that's the best way actually to get to Manhattan.
0: Yeah, the ferry. Yeah, and, and I've always said, and you know, David, he went to NYU. I've always said there's nothing more magical than the Staten Island ferry at sunset watching the sun set on on the Statue of Liberty it's just so so wonderful so you're very blessed yeah, to get. I, don't take that for granted
2: yeah absolutely yeah I, I, I definitely don't
0: you know of all people right you immigrated here right and that's I mean that's that's the vortex of of uh immigration and uh, symbology right that statue yeah, right yeah, there I, is what America is all about Right.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And that's why they say if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. You know, and that's that's New York for you.
0: Yeah, that's that's correct. <laughs> Indeed. So yeah. so you so tell everybody. So, OK, so you learned from this group of people at a meetup at a Bitcoin. I'm guessing it was it a Bitcoin meetup or was it an ICO meetup?
2: Yeah, it was actually um, a Bitcoin meetup. Um, I think another project there um, It was called Holochain. Uh-huh. There was another project there as well that was doing um, that was doing a presentation. So, and it was like the main, the main architects of the of the team, you know, the main decision makers on the team were there. So, yeah, I was definitely able to learn from them. Um,
0: so there's a period of time where you actually went all in on crypto. You you make your living today in cryptocurrency. Is that correct?
2: Yes, that's correct. Okay, tell the um, tell
0: the audience what you do, and and, and how you decided I'm going to do this.
2: Okay, great. Um, yes. Yeah, so actually, now I'm focused on DeFi, which is you know as you said earlier, decentralized finance. So um, what I do is like I'll invest in in various like DeFi projects. Um, you know I'll stake, you know tokens. Um, offer of liquidity mining because I can get. The, um, the beauty about it is that you could actually get like um you know income you could earn an income so as opposed to like just you know put it in your money and wait for you know the price to go up you know five five times the money or hundred times the money um you know you can actually earn residual income so on a daily basis um you know which is good so if you're lo- really looking for crypto store substitute your um your 95 income or you know to add to your 95 income uh, i think b5 DeFi is definitely a good way to go
0: so so let me ask you this question and this is an important thing and you know here at the uh the blockchain recruiters uh recruiting firm and a bit about crypto podcasts we neither endorse nor oppose anything right we just we want, we want to have neutrality because we, we don't – when someone comes to us and says, hey, we, we, we'll give you this much money to tout our coin, our answer is no, right? We're agnostic as far – because we want to keep our reputation clear because really all we want to do is we want to help people get jobs in crypto, right? And the, and the, pod, the whole, whole purpose of this podcast is to teach people, right, about crypto – but more importantly, we want you, if you have a crypto project or you're a crypto uh, enthusiast or a talent, we want to know you so we can match up, so we can you know, earn, earn our daily bread the honest way. But what, But when it comes to DeFi and a lot of these, these highly unregulated things, right? what would you say as a warning or as a cautionary tale to somebody who actually is new to the space if they want to get in? What not to do?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, Yeah, I would say, like, yeah, first is, like, definitely do your own research. Um, I think where people go around at times is, like, they'll, you know, go on YouTube and, you know, watch a video. And whatever the person recommends, they'll just go with that. And, you know, that person could be paid by the project or they could have money invested in the project. So they're really just, like, you know, um, like pumping the project so the price could go up. And then they turn around and and sell the token. So, um, you know, go on the website. Hold on a second. Hold
0: on a second. So what Mm -hmm. Alistair is talking about, he's talking about a pump and dump and a rug pull. All right. So what happens is there are a lot of people who say, hey, you got to get into this coin. It's called coin XX or whatever it is. Right. And it's already gone up 10 percent and it's going to go up another 100 percent or whatever it is. Or or it's already gone up 10 times. It's going to go up 100 times. What happens is the the market cap is so small and the liquidity is so small. You got the people there. They're putting their own money into it. So somebody will put 100000 into it, and it goes from like one-tenth of a cent to one cent. Like, look, I'm up 10x, 10 times on my investment. You should get into it, too. And everybody's pushing money in, pushing money in, pushing money in. And then the people that actually have the majority of the coins, they sell them, right? That's the pump and dump. Or they pull the rug, the rug pull. This is what you're talking about, right, Alistair?
2: Yeah, right, David. Yeah. Yeah, definitely
0: yeah and so oh. so also it's uh I, I just want to talk about something else. <clears throat> I was on somebody else's podcast several months ago, and uh, I, I was talking about about crypto and uh, he had he had sent me a link on Facebook how there these people were were these two brothers were broadcasting live from here in Las Vegas. And what they were saying is is that if you come to the school, and Sign up and bring other people to the school. We'll give you 10% of what they pay So they got this multi-level marketing thing, right? So right then if, if people are getting money off your sign up That's that's a hundred percent. That's going to be a scam 100% that's going to be a scam right if if, if I'm to, I'm not talking about uh, uh, An affiliate link to like to buy a wallet or something like that to like get a commission on the sale I'm talking about if you get money on my purchase and I get money on your purchase, et cetera, et cetera, that's a scam. But what they were talking about is you will actually get the exact trades on what type of DeFi or altcoin to buy. And these guys are making five, six, seven, and eight-figure trades. So what they're saying is these guys are making trades in the 10,000s, the hundreds of thousands, in the millions, in the tens of millions, Right? And if these guys are making trades in the tens of millions, <clears throat> boy, shouldn't you benefit by that? And I said to the guy, <clears throat> this is going to end so badly for so many people. And he says, why do you say that? And I said, because the strategy of somebody who's putting in $100 million on CoinX is not the same strategy as somebody who only has $15,000 to their family's name. Right. Yeah. It's so bad. Can you comment on that since you're a big... Wall Street hotshot now. Can you comment? Since you're, <laughs> since you're there and we're not. <clears throat> no, but seriously, can, can you comment on that?
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's a great point. Um, actually, uh, I just remember there was a project called Vic Connect. Um, yeah. I think you probably heard of it. Yeah, so they had the multi-level marketing and they had the, um, all the bells and whistles, and they'd have conferences and get people all hyped up.
0: BitConnect! Yeah. Remember that guy? <laughs> hey, 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 hey! BitConnect! Now, <laughs> yeah, for those of you guys who are listening, there was this fool, I don't even remember his name, but he was like, everybody was making money at the, at the high, high... Because that was the time that Bitcoin was going up. Because BitConnect got started, right, in 2016... Right, and then all of a sudden, Bitcoin just started its rise. As long as Bitcoin was going up, BitConnect was going up. Right? Yeah, that ended badly. That ended, that's, that's, yeah. Right. So anyhow, so you trade coins every day, right? And you invest in projects, and you're you're managing your own. And and you got there because you actually did your own research, right? You didn't you didn't listen to some fool on YouTube, right?
2: Yeah, that's correct. Um, I read the white papers, Um, even if it got too technical, you know, because it's like, you know, some of the white papers are real technical, like you got to have like a degree in in engineering to understand what they're saying. But I would still read it and try to understand it in my own way. And then from there, um, you know, make an educated decision. So at the end of the day, it's your money. So you should decide how you want to invest your money.
0: Yeah. So <clears throat> this is this is really great. And so what do you so what do you see the future of bitcoin and cryptocurrency? How do you see it happening for people in the job market how it's going to change the job market?
2: Yeah, I think um you know with bitcoin cryptocurrency um the whole premise is decentralization. Um you know so because like right now you know within our society like most things are centralized is controlled by you know as they say the one percent. So I think the whole purpose of um is crypto is to give us more agency, um, give us more freedom, and democratize um you know certain certain functions within our society.
0: And with that, Alistair, I said that's out the whole thing plug in. Hear me now. <laughs> so, Alistair, yeah, we got your uh, social up there, right? So he's Alistair Davis. Right, linkedincom dot slash Alistair Davis. Right. And I can't thank you enough for being a guest today. Mr. Hampton, anything you'd like to say to our esteemed guest?
1: Much appreciated, man. I, I, uh, I, I love New York City. You know, I, I lived there for three years, so I can appreciate the uh, beauty you're, you're, you see right now. It's, it's a good time to be there.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I know the best time to be in New York is in the fall. It's in the fall. Or, or, or yeah, the or, fall, or, fall or, or April or the or, spring. Or,
1: like, spring. M- uh, Memorial April. Day weekend, man.
0: Yeah, April. And, you know, and just speaking to you, Alistair, just just seeing the, just the, the light and the aura around you and your smile, it reminds me about, yeah, in your accent, how, how, how much I love and miss Jamaica. And uh, so, anyway, I really want to give a shout-out to Travis uh, Flesher, our engineer. Thank you, Travis. Thank so, you. Yeah, thanks for being in. So, Alistair Davis, <clears throat> David Hampton, Robocruiter. I'm David James, The Job Whisperer. And remember, everybody, get whispered.